Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Duck and the Usher, a movie podcast where a couple of goons talk about their favorite movies. I am one half of that goon squad. Zachary W. Fisher with you, with me, as always, uh, Mr. Joshua A. Stenkamp. How to ho. Full government names. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, our, our returning uh, guest collaborator and friend of the show, Jay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we meet again, gentlemen. Yes. Almost like a simulation. Can't give his government name because, you know, the government's after him. Well, just like in Men in Black, he's just just J. Just, just the letter Just J. an initial, yeah. yeah. Um, what would be your letter if you were in Men in Black? Z or Z. Oh, no. No, Z was used. <laughs> yeah. Z was ripped torn, wasn't it? It doesn't have to be J. I think you just pick a letter, right? I thought, well, I thought they went by their first initial, like, like K's original because they like delete his name all the way back to the oh to the first his one. name was like James something oh yeah okay and uh, and then like K I don't fucking know there's gonna you're gonna have a lot of people run around with the same name if that's yeah. the case then K twos K twos K three oh wow that's fun right K squared K two K squared um, yeah so uh, here we are yet again um, yeah. sorry for the delay everybody we've been super <clears throat> duper busy I know my theater yeah. is taken <clears throat> off and. We just did a pretty big magic show, yeah, last night last for night. a fundraiser. It went pretty well. Oh, and uh, for all you Patreon people out there, mm. if you live in town, St. Cloud, Central Florida, yes, uh, I'm going to put it up on the private group. Uh, each of you gets a ticket to my show, so oh, nice. it's going to be something for oh, the patrons. Sweet. So just one ticket. So. I wonder how many how many of them are there. I know I have great in town. I think oh, there's like eight, maybe at least the majority of them. Yeah, a good amount of them are. I know two ones in South Carolina, ones in Chicago, one is in Virginia. So if you want to drive from South Carolina, South Carolina. <laughs> come see the show. If you need stuff. to get out of Virginia for a while, yeah, sunny Florida. Come on down. Even though Virginia, check it is out. Beautiful. Last two weekends in July. So. Yeah. Uh, and uh, most of our listeners, I think, know that we are based in Central Florida. Uh, so a, a lot of our sponsors and the people that keep us uh, going are also based here. And our show is is um, produced by Alan Simmons, Mr. A.J. Simmons. Who thank you, as always, for your contributions. And we are brought to you by the Copper Fox Tattoo Company over on West 192 in Kissimmee, Florida. If you need to mark yourself up some more... With some half-assed idea that you picked up on Reddit uh, or Pinterest. These are your people. Go see them. Uh, they're pretty good. They'll take your dumb idea and make it look great. And uh, and they'll do it for a pretty reasonable price. Uh, look them up at Copper Fox Tattoo Company. Um, I need to look up their address. Uh, but if you need to find them, go to Copper Fox Tattoo Company on either Facebook or or Instagram. You probably just Google it. Type Google it. Kissimmee. Uh, Mr. Barrel Bongsu, Lance Groner. Don't, don't also. go it. Yeah. You can g- <laughs> goggle it. Um, you can find him at 407-397-9938. That is 407-397-9938. And as always, all of our lovely patrons and our Patreon page, we love you all. All of our quackheads, ducklings, and 
whatever. I had a really funny name I was going to call our fans last night, and I forgot what. what I have they, great what ideas. Like, is there a designation? I don't know this, and I probably have heard it somewhere before, but like, is there a designation between male and female ducks? Like, do they call them different things? Uh, like I believe a, so. A duck, like a, a gander or a dander or something <laughs> like that. I, that's where my head went. It's, it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Uh, right? Isn't that the yeah, phrase? Yeah. Yeah, I it think just so. makes me sound old timey. I don't know what a female duck would. Josh, be, so. why don't you look it up? I'm looking. <laughs> there has to be. There's like a. What is a female duck called? What is the collective noun? Called? Oh, okay, okay. So, so no, male ducks are called drakes. 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 And female ducks are usually referred to well as ducks. <laughs> They're just ducks. okay. So the female is the duck. So we're just calling everybody a girl, basically. When we're talking to what's the up, duck. ladies. What's up? Like, hey, what's yeah. up? Yeah, <laughs> we don't well, know. <laughs> well, isn't like chickens is also like a collective, not the collective noun, but like you say chicken, and that's the for referring to the female hen version, and rooster, right? right? Oh yeah. Oh, maybe so. Maybe it's a collective. I love. I'd love if someone just finally tuned into our podcast and like, let's only just talk about movies, ducks, right? <laughs> what? Hooks <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> penises. The mallard is a. Uh, you know what? Since we're on the subject of uh, what, what beautiful plumage. Since we're being, yeah. since we're being foul. Ha. Hey. Um, there was this place in uh, New Bern, North Carolina. It was a it was a women's clothing store, but it was called Peacock's Plume. Mm. And I was like, but that's the male bird. Mm. Isn't it a peahen? It is yes. a peahen. Yeah. If you're catering to ladies. Because it's peahens aren't as brilliant. And they don't have the colors. Yeah, they're like really brownish. They're dull. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> they're dull. Some, they're dull. <clears throat> That's wow. why I always have. Sometimes I have a problem with people's like business name choices, like Salon MV with an M, yeah, or the Doghouse T H E E. They do that because somebody else probably has the name. I don't want to be like pedantic or like you know linguistic prescriptivist, yeah. but uh, <laughs> some of those words. Don't mean what you think they mean. Yeah. I've only recently learned that the Y-E you see on old-timey signs actually is just a form of the or the. Mm. It's pronounced the because that letter Y, it was before a different, it was a different letter in like old English that we don't use now that has a name. The whole, I'm not going to It's kind of like shop and shoppy. Like, you know. Like, right. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't yeah, say the old English one. You yeah. just say shop. Yeah. And like the old shop. Is what instead of ye old shop, but everyone says ye. Uh, the old so, anyway, shop. That's not why we're here. We're here to talk about. <laughs> we're here to talk the about thirteenth floor. The thirteenth floor, which came out in nineteen ninety nine. It's about an hour and forty minutes. Uh, I got a seven point one out of ten. Thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The budget was sixteen million, but it only made eighteen point five. So oh, not a huge broke, success. No, not a huge success at all. No, because. This movie make its money back. This movie right. came out in 1999. A lot of a lot oh, of yeah. movies like this, like what was it? This came out a there month a before The Matrix. Yeah. yeah, year before was Dark City. So, yeah. mm -hmm. like Fish and I were kind of talking about that, like this this weird idea that came out before the 2000 millennia of these sci-fi VR, VR kind of alternate worlds. <clears throat> yeah. You're living in a I dream. I think there was a fascination with it, especially with filmmakers, because it was a time when the uh, film industry was. Uh, advancing with the effects, and and they were you know seeing that they could make uh, they could tell these stories better with the visual uh, right. effects that they had at their disposal. When did um, was City of Lost Children around that time as well? Ninety seven. Okay, so it was like there was a huge push during that time in film that was like a a reexamination of film noir. 
Yes, that too. I think there was. It was sort of like a, there was a rash the of directors, and I don't know who had the idea first. <laughs> like when it sort of bubbled up again, but there I might, was. I might point at a movie like Strange Days from Catherine Bigelow, mm. will kind of be the yeah. start of of that sort of like even like the. Do you guys know Existence? Yeah, right. That Same movie. year as this yeah. too, because the Equilibrium was kind of during that time. It was very dystopian. Few, just a few years later, yeah. Dark. Well, 1999. Here's some movies that came out around that time. You got uh, Bicentennial Man came out. Uh, Wild Wild West. <laughs> I like PK that Dick. That's, That's a great a movie. Uh, no, Bicentennial Man is Asimov, right? Yes, I believe. Yeah, uh, it was o- an October Sky, Man on the Man on the Moon. Got a lot of great movies. The Mummy came out that year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Muppets in Space, Mystery <laughs> Men, Thomas Crown Affair. Uh, oh hell yeah. Sixth Sense came out then too. 99. Uh, yeah. Probably one of my favorite years for movies, other than like '94. I kind of want to know when this. I got a little. Uh, yeah, go ahead. A little bit. Of I'm gonna try to figure stuff. out what movie came out the same time this did. Why? Why it like just bombed? It, well, The Matrix came out a month later, and I think it was up against it in many of its like style and tone uh, and everything. And, and and like you were saying, it there was a lot of like that neo noir sort of thing going on, as well as like this fascination with. Virtual reality. Virtual realities were. Yeah. That was the, like, in the consciousness, I think, of people that were, like, looking at computers. We could right. see that they were evolving very quickly, and our what we could do with them Super was evolving quick. very quickly. And, like, I remember when that Final Fantasy, that first, um, The Spirit Within or whatever yeah. it was, when that came out, I mean, we'd never seen anything that well done everything else had been sort of cartoonish yeah that's true and i don't think i don't think like people who like will like cg or 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 film in general i should say give that movie enough credit for the how how ahead of its time it was it was fairly well done i mean absolutely like i liked the story i thought all of the the characters were well voiced and well done the animation was again like that was beyond what year was that when when did that mid mid 2000s Maybe, I would say yeah. Maybe I, remember, th- I was already down here in Florida when that came out, so yeah. it was after two thousand ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, and I remember being, I remember it coming out and thinking, "Oh wow, that looks good," but I didn't care enough about Final Fantasy. Yeah, same. to like to watch it, but I was like, "Wow, that's cool." <clears throat> Did go see it in the theater just because of you know? It was a theater been, release. Yeah. Oh snap! I thought yeah, it was just like a theater. Wow. I don't know if it was like you know wide distribution on that, but. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of those movies, and then the Thirteenth Floor I thought was a great addition. Oh yeah, and didn't get quite the recognition. You know, thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes kind of surprises me. Me too. Um, and this movie was not well received either. And I, th- I kind of understand oh, why. Like, that's why. What's up? So the Mummy and Star Wars came out. Oh, Phantom Menace. Weekends. Yeah, Phantom Menace, and that came out the same weekend. And so. just, no one even knew what the thirteenth floor the was. Yeah, no, that was just gone. <laughs> they didn't even know it was on the menu. <laughs> yes, you know what? I remember that summer too, because that was the summer of '99. I was in Illinois with my brothers visiting my grandparents, um, and it was my first time in Illinois, and I think the first time I was on a plane or. Uh, you know, being old enough to remember being on a plane. And my grandmother took me to see uh, The Phantom Menace. And I went and visited a cousin, like a second cousin. And his name was Anthony Fisher. <laughs> and uh, he had just seen The Matrix and was just going. He was a few years older than I was. 
And I was like, thought he was the coolest dude in the world because he has Metallica poster on his wall, <laughs> you know. And he's like, I just saw the Matrix, the greatest movie ever. And I was like, so like, oh, Matrix. Yeah. And um, I, when I finally saw the Matrix, I thought it was the greatest fucking thing I had ever seen in my life. It was probably on par with like my father seeing Star Wars in '77 and being blown away. Yep. Uh, and I think the two movies are very comparable, respectively, as as landmarks in the film history. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so this one definitely, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, this one definitely, uh, I was under my radar, completely missed it until I was probably, I don't know, 20 or 21. Um, when I finally saw this one, yeah, this was my first time seeing it. Your first time seeing it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Why don't you go uh, ahead and talk a little bit about the movie so we can dive into it. Uh, so yeah, 13th Floor is a 1999 science fiction neo-noir film. Um, and I like noir a lot, and and it's interesting that this, The Matrix, and Dark City all share very similar themes, especially uh, as it pertains to artificial realities. And they all have this kind of like dark noir quality to them because it's almost like a de- like a detective film, except for The Matrix, which shifts into like Hong Kong action cinema and anime, yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. but it still has that sort of noir esque. Uh, quality to it which is interesting because if you watch the animatrix there is a short film involving trinity which is 100 percent like noir it's all in black and white mm. it's a yeah so there's oh yeah so many that they borrow from i forget what it's called it's like something the red queen or something yeah something like yeah. that 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 revisiting that is worth it which i think an alice in wonderland reference yeah That's totally weird. absolutely yeah. yeah down the rabbit hole yep <laughs> follow the white rabbit which yeah, was a feature in the movie of, we can yeah. we can go around in circles all day with all, uh, it was written and directed oh, like, like a simulation almost like, <laughs> like going through yeah. levels of a simulation yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're here <laughs> um where was i oh uh, so it was written and directed by joseph rusnak uh and produced by roland emmerich uh a homie that brought us godzilla and independence day um, through his Centropolis Entertainment Company. Uh, it's loosely based on Simulacron or Sim- Simulacron, however you want to pronounce it. <clears throat> Simulacron 3, 1964, a novel by Daniel F. Galoubi, and a remake of the German TV film World on a Wire from 1973. The film stars Craig Bierko, and i got to tell you, I was getting a lot of uh, Josh vibes with this guy. You kind of resemble him. Yeah, a little movie. bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Big time. Yeah, it's the hair. It's, it's, the, it's always it's the, the black hair. It's the hair and the eyes. Thick hair. Like, he looks like if you, a younger you, was in the movie Big. <laughs> <laughs> or, or yes. you know, yeah. Craig Bierko, um, Gretchen Maul, uh, Armin Mueller-Stahl. Vincent D'Onofrio and Dennis Haysbert, who is the Allstate guy. Yeah. Um, in 2000, I, yeah I even uh, said that when he came on. I was yeah. like, switch to Allstate. Switch to Allstate. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to fucking shoot you no, in the I'll head. I'll shoot you in the head. <laughs> the 13th Floor was nominated for the Saturn Award for Best Science Fiction Film, but it lost to oh, The Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they did it better. <laughs> Why did we essentially? That? Essentially, yeah. Um, Let's see. I'm going to skip over the plot because we're probably going to... Yeah, we'll walk through a little bit of that. We're kind of shooting from the hip today. Yeah. Because we... I think Jay watched it. When I watched it, we really didn't take much notes because we were actually kind of... I was actually pretty sucked into the movie, so... Well, I'd seen it before and I knew kind of... I Actually, I've seen it like 
I think that was my fourth time seeing the movie. Yeah, I think this is about the, pl- the plot's really easy to third walk through. Or fourth, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a very confusing film. It, yeah, it, it's it, a, it's like a murder mystery kind of. Kind of hands you everything on a dish. Right? Yeah, they lead you through it, so there's not a lot of questions for the audience. You're just sort of <clears throat> following the characters, following the clues. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but some of the reviews I'd read would be like it's it, it's collapses under its convoluted plot. It's, it's not that convoluted. It's not convoluted at all. It just it doesn't hold your hand right away yeah you're just following the clues like you said the way the characters do i think yeah. it, it's fine yeah <clears throat> it's, it's a good uh foray into the subject matter in film like it's yeah. it's not deep but it sort of you know sort of brushes the surface and it, it could pique someone's interest about learning more you know sure like that that book is one of the first like mentions of like simulation and mm-hmm. being in a virtual reality but like you could go all the way back to plato's allegory of the cave being yes a version of this right absolutely and i and it it um kind of plays with other ideas like the brain in a vat concept um which i'll touch on in a moment but yes yeah, simulacron 3 um came out in 64 and it was also published <clears throat> under the title counterfeit world excuse me <clears throat> From uh, Daniel Galui, he's an American science fiction uh, writer. Um, and in this book, he talks about a simulated reality. It's a story of a virtual city or a total environment simulator uh, for marketing research. Yeah. <laughs> Developed by a scientist to reduce the need for opinion polls. Uh, the computer-generated city simulation was so well-programmed that although the inhabitants have their own consciousness, they are unaware, except for one, that they are the only uh, that they are only electronic impulses in a computer, uh, and that trope or not trope but that idea is 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 evident in both this movie, The Matrix with Neo and with John Murdoch in Dark City. Mm-hmm. Those guys are all the one guy who right. figures it out. Well, like, even even when we're watching it, I Meg- know the truth. Megan's like, "Is this like a prequel to The Matrix? Like, you know, like could very well be. Like, you know, people are tapping into another world and then." Maybe a thousand years later, everyone's tapped into the world yeah, they're right. harvesting. It, like. Part of me wants to believe that the Wachowskis. I had nothing. I read nothing about uh, any of their specific influences other than like Hong Kong cinema and anime. But it feels like they probably definitely know about this book when they were making the script for I'm The Matrix. Sure, you know, like there's it's too similar. The lineage is pretty direct from like Wheeler coming up with information theory and computers, and us kind of. Human beings are weird like that, right? So we right. model everything over the the latest technology, the latest version of technology, right? Yeah. So when information comes along, it turned everybody on its head, and science fiction authors were just like, "Wait <laughs> a minute, we are oh, that makes a lot of sense. We're like versions in a computer." And yeah, and would, Nick Bostrom comes along years later in physics and is <laughs> like, "Hey, we're probably living in a simulated universe." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some pretty compelling arguments. It goes from science fiction, like from science to science fiction, back to science. I was, I can't remember what I was listening to, but it was at least a handful of other podcasts that I listened to that have to do with not just movies, but with those ideas. Mm. And the idea that we live in a simulation isn't far from the truth if we understand how our senses work and how the brain works in interpreting those impulses. You know, yeah. uh, but just short of like being actually under like a some mechanical uh, uh, 
what am I looking for? Machine sort of generated. Well, I've never driven to Tucson, so <clears throat> I no, have to find I out. Yeah. I've hopped in planes and gone to other places, yeah. and I've been yeah. over flyover states, but that could just be a loading screen. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but you know, philosophically, the concept that like what we see and, and perceive isn't necessarily real. We just make it real. I, I guess that's technically true yeah there's a load of scientists that used to be a fringe sort of theory and scientists would get kind of laughed out of groups mm -hmm. and now it's becoming more and more evident from all the different slices of science disciplines mm -hmm. that we make up our reality and we do that so that it, we can live better in it like we don't ever see light like that's the cool thing right your brain isn't actually seeing light. Okay. It sees a chemical re-representation of the photons that are hitting your eye, that are touching your eye. It turns that into an electrochemical symbol, and then it turns that into a hallucination. Holy shit. Like you're hallucinating your whole, oh my your whole experience <laughs> is hallucinated. Yeah, and that's more and more true. Like, again... This isn't me just like... No, yeah. This yeah. is hardcore science. For sure. Yeah. It's <sighs> wild. It's super wild. And like, I remember like trying to wrap my head around like some of these concepts because like the Matrix and now we keep coming back to it, but it introduced me to a lot of these ideas and things I should well, like probably book in the read Matrix, about. Simulacra and simulation, <laughs> yeah. right? We were talking about that a yeah. little bit earlier, like, you know, a simulacra... I think a simulacra is a uh, it's a simulate a simulation of no it's a representation an image of something right that's what a simulacra is and then the simulation is the what is a simulation what's the definition I'm, of simulation? I'm, I'm looking up yeah, the yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that specific uh, book because you see a um, it's a small like a copy of a simulation would be a copy of something. Right. So Baudrillard's thing was like you lose something when you go from an image or <clears throat> that references a thing or or a person. Yeah. And then when you simulate that, you're literally just copying the image that's produced, not the real thing. And I, the further I think you I have do, uh, the succinct sort of okay, great, yeah, uh, instead of <laughs> summation of what you were what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, Jean Baudrillard or Baudrillard um, Baudrillard I, it, a lot of people pronounce it a lot of different ways yeah <laughs> I, I'm not really good at like picking up on uh, uh, French yeah. uh, so it's a 1981 philosophical treatise by the sociologist Jean Baudrillard Baudrillard <clears throat> simulacra are copies that depict things that either had no original or that no longer have an original mm. simulation is the imitation of the operation of a real world process or system over time so they work in tandem? Mm. Uh, is that what's what's going on? The simulacra are within the simulation? Is that what I'm supposed to infer here? <laughs> My tiny brain. Yeah. <laughs> I need more coffee. No, and that whole book is <clears throat> like that. <laughs> okay. So you, read, you read a sentence and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It's like, because there's, there's similarities like in the film, right? When they're driving out, you know, they're they're discovering the truth. And in the truth of, like, there's a Borges fable of map makers and how over time the map that's a, that's a real-world simulation, it's a, as big as the city that it's supposed to represent. Okay. The map 
is the city essentially. Okay. And over time, the residents of that city believe that the map is the real thing while underneath the city <coughs> crumbles. And it's only until they travel to the very edges of it and they see that the map is fraying that they realize the truth. Okay. That what they're living in is a simulation. It's a reference to something that doesn't actually exist anymore. Right. It has no original. Yeah. So that anything that then comes after that is a simulation of something that isn't real. And part like in Bulger Lard's book, he talks about like Walt Disney World is a perfect example of it. Oh yeah. Right. Like this thing that's the hyper real. It the becomes yeah. more the simulation. And the copies become more real than the original because we don't have any reference point. We can only yeah. reference the, like, we would reference, like, France and Disney World as being France. France. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the Eiffel Tower there and whatnot. Yeah, it's like going yeah. to Vegas and going to, like, you know, Venice, like, you yeah, know, the boat. Like, yeah. it's just longer. Like the pyramid or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, it's Memphis. That's right. Oh, yeah. Memphis has one, too. Yeah, yeah, Memphis has a pyramid, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Big I never realized that, that, that their namesake was from from egypt egypt yeah yeah <clears throat> so um, yeah so, these, so that these even happens too that happens in these movies too uh um john or douglas hall reaches the edge of his world um and and uh john murdoch does that or douglas hall i should say john murdoch does that in dark city <clears throat> when he gets to the edge and when he finally finds the beach, water yeah. yeah yeah and there's there's a barrier he's yeah <sighs> It gets it gets pretty uh, heady. It's deep, yeah. yeah. No, it's deep and twisty and turny. <clears throat> and I think for a lot of people, that's why it gets such like not great reviews because you do have to think. You're thinking on multiple levels, and like these are kind of wild concepts, and they do get twisty and turny. And sometimes that's overwhelming and a little scary for people. I think. I, I kind of wish they would have talked <clears throat> about like. I know it kind of sounds like a little nerdy, but like at the beginning of the film, so you have Fuller who's. In 1937, he's mm. at this, you know, the Waldorf fucking hotel mm. or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, you know, sleeping with all these young women. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's enjoying his <laughs> life. You know, and then he goes downstairs and he gives like the envelope to like D'Onofrio. Yeah. You know, which I think, I think this is the only reason this movie works is because fucking D'Onofrio's in it and he's, he's fabulous and everything. So he does. good. He is really the best part of this movie because there's something flat about the lead's performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's got, he's got the eyes. most character. <clears throat> dead eyes in it. Yeah, he does have dead eyes, doesn't he? Yeah, almost maybe like on a purpose. Almost like, yes. <laughs> Damn I it! Wonder. Now I was just thinking. <laughs> now, now it's even better. I was trying to rip it apart, but then I realized I was right. Shit. Damn it! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but they, they don't really talk about the uh, like how they built the software. No, you know, and I kind of wish there was like some kind of mumbo jumbo about it. Just give me a little bit and I love of information. All the visual representations of like jacking into a system. They always mm -hmm. use lasers and there's always like a smoke machine. And it's right. Like, Make sure you queue up that you know. smoke machine. So all these, uh, yeah. these computers running. I, in the I, was, room. I was waiting for, for you know, cause <laughs> D'Onofrio plays Whitney. Who's like yeah. the software designer or whatever like his assistant yeah yeah and but I, like every when the lasers hit i was like i was just hoping he put on like pink floyd or something like right you, it's like, a laser <laughs> show. Or like tom sawyer <laughs> from rush but it yeah. is interesting too how when we time travel when we go faster than the speed of light when we go into a computer system we use the same visual representation of those little fractal worms <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah. right and it's like <clears throat> and there you are. it's like birthing 
Because yeah, they do, they yeah, do that like, thing when, they, yeah. when you go down Neo's is it, throat. Is that like more of a Star yep. Wars thing, or is that more of a Twilight Zone? Doctor kinda? Who. Doctor Who, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's supposed to be... I think once Einstein came up with the idea of like Einstein and Rosen came up with the bridge, the oh, wormhole yeah. idea. Just, people were like, so for like a visual idea, in time and space that we can like you know tunnel through. Yeah, uh, what is that sliders? Look like yeah, and then we just yeah. Remember sliders? Sliders, yeah. yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. I like that one. It got a little weird there for a minute. That that I didn't watch a lot of it because I was pretty young. The first when it few came seasons out. were solid. But I remember I remember one episode with them going to a world that was just strictly women and men were outlawed. And they were like, if you were a man, you were arrested. And there's some like lady cop would come up and take you away. And I don't remember the full premise to the story. I just remember that in the commercial because it like either came on after something I wanted to watch. Yeah. Or um, I just saw the commercial during something I was watching. They're like, on the next sliders. <clears throat> so I never, I never actually watched it though. <laughs> right yeah, I only watched a few seasons, of it. and I think it was for the same reason. There was something on after that we watched, like Lois and Clark or something. Yeah, a lot of the times, <laughs> yeah, something. A lot of the times, any show I caught was just because it came on immediately following like a wrestling program. Oh, right on. Yeah. It was just the, that's how I caught like the Thunder overflow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, we got eyeballs. We got yeah. we got high <laughs> ratings for Monday Nitro. Put it on. Immediately right proceeding after WCW Thunder, watch <clears throat> The Pretender on TNT. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. The only reason I know about well, like uh, last month or two months ago, Mortal Kombat um, came out, and I, I made a little TikTok video about it because <clears throat> there was a lot of like media created out of. Uh, or uh, Mortal Kombat, not just video games, but there was like a little animated shorts, uh, uh, fucking two whole ass movies. Oh, <clears throat> that reminds me, I need to uh, clear something up. I made the uh, gross, egregious error uh, about naming the um, the composer on Mortal Kombat Annihilation, whose name is George S. Clinton. It's not the funk guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's I don't not, remember you not, saying it was. The I, funny I can't part. remember if I said it on the show or just to you. I think you may have said it to me, but I was like, this n- I don't remember. You mm. listen to the cast more than I do because I don't like listening to my voice. <laughs> I go through it just for accuracy's sake, yeah. and uh, and sometimes sometimes I revisit it. Get sh- over here. We want the funk. We're going to burn yeah. this mother down. Yeah, my problem was I didn't click upon that name just to confirm that that's who that clinton was and no it's just some other it's a white dude uh, <laughs> and not not the, the grandfather it's like the, of the, funk. the complete no, opposite the of, of yeah. the funk right so yeah if anyone of you were like absolutely screaming clawing at your speakers me being so incredibly wrong i apologize and i hope that gives you some comfort anyway where were we uh, so as well yeah so as we're talking i'm just gonna breeze through the movie yeah, when Fuller comes, like, cause yeah, so he's like sleeping with all the ladies, gives the note to D'Onofrio's yeah, right. bartender character, who and, immediately reads it. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> hey, hey, some guy named Doug Hall might pick this up. Okay, no problem. Like, why wow. would you suspect that the guy who's like setting you up with all the chicks, like, why Is, would you yeah. not think that he was going to read your letter? Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't think he's shady at, yeah. at yeah. all. D'Onofrio does not have a trusting face, okay, no. especially when he was young. Yeah, no. Did that guy not watch uh, some of his earlier films? <laughs> right. <laughs> I like Vincent D'Onofrio like a lot. Um, and watching this, yeah, I, I immediately thought of him as Kingpin mm. in, in Daredevil, which is he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. 
And I remember watching this. I'm like, he's not terribly large, you know, no. but he, they make him look so imposing in Daredevil. Well, he, he's also very, he's very he's, tall. He's, he's tall and he actually is kind of young, but D'Onofrio like actually got <clears> pretty big. Like, as he got I remember older. him yeah. being, he was in another similar one, The Cell. The, I was right? just about to say that, which that is he was a also year later. kind of imposing. Like they made him mm-hmm. look imposing in that. And that was, as I recall, his eyes are like, just. That like, was a bit of a simulation movie yeah, as well. That's totally, yeah, totally. It was going with another the dream state. one consciousness going into a dream state. Like, yeah, what, it was that dream state movie back in the eighties. Did you guys ever see that? Dreamscapes. One? Dreamscape. That's the one. I was is that the one? Of. Yeah, Dreamscape, where they go into the dreams. I'd, like I'd have to, I have to rewatch that. that. Turns into a snake. Not to give it away. It's a cool movie. Oh, I got. I I've been like hovering over older, that. I've it's seen an it. older film. Okay, it, definitely eighties. Like shot like it was in the eighties. The cell movie. also gives me this movie in the cell also kind of gives me like uh, Lawnmower Man vibes. Yeah, definitely. Because there's, the, I think we kind of overlook on Lawnmower Man two a lot, <laughs> which uh, by rights shouldn't even be called. Lawnmower Man Two. It's 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 called Beyond Cyberspace. I think the movie should just be called Beyond Cyberspace. Right on. It actually stars Matt Frewer as Job instead of Jeff Fahey, who Matt Frewer was Max Headroom. Right. Strangely enough, and um, the second movie is is essentially about a computer generated simulated world where he uh, assumes the mantle of of a godhood right within on. that world too. So when we're talking about like artificial reality movies, I think that one was like one of the OGs. That was like ninety four. Yeah. Or somewhere around there, maybe ninety six, because um, I can't remember when the first one came out. Because it was loosely based on Stephen King's Lawnmower Man, which isn't about VR at all. At well, I mean, what about Tron? Yeah, okay. Tron's an early, yeah. That's I mean, it's one. going into like a video game. It's going into yeah. another world. There was another one that was like, the, it was like a King Arthur type of storyline where a person goes into a computer as well. That's something know. about a sword. Yeah, I don't um, know. Uh, wow, that sounds vaguely uh, familiar. Yeah. Something it, about a sword. I, I yeah, want to say sound it was familiar. like Excalibur was the name of the system or something like like X, the letter X, Caliber, C-A-L-B-R or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. I remember renting it on a fucking VHS when I was, you know, 12. I'd have to, uh, <laughs> Maybe. I'd have to look that one up. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, but around the same time as Tron. Okay. I would say. Um, in this, uh, wait, where was I going with this? Uh, lawnmower man. Lawnmower man. Okay. So yeah. And then I'll make this quick too, cause it really doesn't pertain to much. So the, the original lawnmower man short from, uh, Stephen King was about a guy who hired a man to come mow his lawn. So he goes inside to his house and I'm sort of paraphrasing from memory. I'm not sure if this is exactly how it goes, but he goes into his house and he hears the lawnmower running. <clears throat> and he's like wondering like either what's taking so long or, or just what's going on. Cause it just seems like it's just the lawnmower just running and running and running. So he goes outside and the lawnmower is like doing its thing. But the man is now the lawnmower is operating independently. And the man is like on all fours naked eating the grass, the lawnmower man. <clears throat> and then the lawnmower turns and attacks the guy who went out to investigate what's going on in his yard. Yeah, we, we talked about this when we did uh, Maximum Ofen- Overdrive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was and uh, and then it turns out that the the lawnmower man was was sacrificing people up to the god Pan. Oh, uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, and 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 that there's more to it. I, I again, I I can't. I'm, I'm thinking from mem- you know, recalling it from memory. It's something to that effect. And then you go, uh, we get Jeff Fahey and. Uh, Pierce Brosnan 
in this movie, which I think was supposed to be called Cyber God. Mm. And then because somebody in a studio somewhere got a wild hair in their ass and they wanted name recognition, they slapped Stephen King's Lawnmower Man on it. Because the main character was a slow, um, <clears throat> mentally uh, handicapped person who was just mowing lawns, played right. by Jeff Fahey, who was given some kind of a VR treatment that which made him super smart and then he started like yeah. becoming too smart and then eventually he transferred his consciousness into the system and that's where we get lawnmower man 2 beyond cyberspace which again should not even be called lawnmower man it's just it's a <laughs> cyberpunk story right uh <laughs> and there's no the, the second one's title is completely like flabbergasting because there's no lawnmower yeah at all um uh, and I think that was like a made-for-TV movie. I'm not even really sure. But I remember seeing like trailers for it before uh, like VHSs I'd rent and stuff. It's cool to see how <clears throat> one idea is sort of, you know, it's expressed in yeah. so many different films and so many different takes on it. Yeah. Like why people are jacking into the... And, and we keep going, like Ready Player One. You know, yeah. You get, I think it's because yeah. people want the... Avatar... It, yeah, Avatar. Anything that that is that makes you escape reality, people want. You know, no one wants to live in there, reality. Exactly. Yeah. There, there are a lot of like connections to this and, and the Matrix too. In in that, this could easily be like the twin movie phenomenon, the Thirteenth Floor and the Matrix. In fact, I don't even know why this one's necessarily called the Thirteenth Floor, other than the the single scene where you see right. him go to the Thirteenth floor. floor. That's where the the the, the jacking is. The right. ja- yeah, the yeah. jacking. Is that where it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always on the 13th floor. Uh, just go up to the 14th. Don't go to the 13th. <laughs> yeah. bring, a, bring a poncho. No, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> Clean up on uh, 13th floor. If you watch World on a Wire in 1973 uh, by uh, Rainer Werner Fassbender, there's a lot of um, ideas in that movie which you see reused in The Matrix and not in this movie. Mm. There's a scene in that movie where the two characters are talking. It's a German film, too. And... Uh, and so too is the director of this film. He was German, does a lot of German films, and I think that's probably where he got the idea um, right. for this movie. Um, there's a scene in that in that '73 movie where the camera does like that rotating thing around the two of the characters as they're as they're talking, uh, and because especially in like '70s, like that's when like movie gear and and equipment was all big and heavy yeah <clears throat> and it was hard to do like these like camera sweeps and moves and just in a circle right. around like a dolly so it kind of like uh revolutionizes a few of these techniques and even the idea of the telephone being the exit and entrance into the world was an idea in that movie oh, which was later yeah. recycled in, in the, the matrix, matrix. Yeah. yeah specifically also like trinity's escape right she gets to the phone and then the truck smashes into it and then you see like the 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 receiver dangle um, that was almost like directly taken from world on a wire. Oh, what all based on simulacron three. That's cool. Yeah. And that's pretty fun. Yeah. Now, I do. I do want to say that the, the, the design for 1937 when they're Jack in 1937 looks really great. And I was trying to look up some of the production. It just says that it was mostly filmed in Los Angeles, California. It doesn't really <laughs> say anything about it. Yeah, no, they did a great job. And I thought it was interesting because, uh, Hall makes a reference to D'Onofrio when he comes out and because D'Onofrio's never seen the inside. Yeah. And he's like, how Whitney was it? What did it look yeah. like? And 
Hall's like, yeah, it's amazing, but the colorization. No, he goes, he goes, how's the colorization? The colorization, but they don't notice it. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool because when you see it the first time, it is a little like the background is kind of washed out. The front has color. Like, but it's but it's kind of washed out because it's it like in the foreground, into, it's immediate, and like the yeah. further away you get from it, the harder it is the to harder. simulate like yep. stuff at a distance. And when, when, when Hall goes back, uh, you know, after Fuller gets yeah. murdered and he can't figure out why, and he finds like the the guy that Fuller's been jacking into, yeah, and finds the guy like just the the acting in this is actually pretty good, and I like yeah. I like when he goes into the store and asking all those questions like. Do you, or he breaks the window at one point, like later on, and he's like, "I know why you can't. Where you keep yeah. passing out and waking up in random places. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Get right. your ass down here and talk to me." <laughs> yeah, that actor, uh, Armin Müller Stahl, he was in. Um, he looked familiar. I've he's, seen him in a few things. Yeah, he was a like a gangster boss in uh, Eastern Promises from uh, David Cronenberg. Oh, I know that, that movie's yeah. awesome. Yeah, with uh, Vigo. Uh, Vigo. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Vigo. That was a rough one. There yeah. are several references to the song Time Wave Zero by Grendel hmm. uh, used in the movie. Um, I'm not a huge, uh, I don't really know that much about If I heard the song, maybe I'd recognize it. I'm not sure. Um, I know who Grendel is um, in the literal sense or in the literature sense, but I don't right. know the band. Yeah, me either. Um, one example is a quote, they think they work, they eat, and that's when Homeboy says they fuck um, in a dialogue between Whitney and Detective McBain. Mm. Also, in the dialogue between Ashton and Douglas near the end, when Ashton switched uh, with Whitney, Ashton said, what did you do to the world? And he goes, turned it off. And he goes, then put it back. Yeah, the television, because he's like watching TV. These are the same lines. uh, I guess they're the same lines as in the beginning of Time Wave Zero. Oh, right on. That song. Okay. Which is fun. Nice. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, The guy who plays Fuller was in an episode of West Wing. That's why I recognize Uh, him. He played the Israeli Prime Minister. Israeli Prime Uh, Minister. uh, (laughs) And so, like, when Fuller dies, we, you know, the the police LAPD guy, you know, he thinks, fucking, you murdered him. That's what he thinks. And pretty much, you know, at the beginning of the movie, like, when Fuller dies and Hall wakes up and he sees, like, his bloody shirt and blood in his bathroom, like, you know, he, like, Right. Instantly, you're like, okay, he did it. Oh, why? Yeah. So, what exactly happened? Why is that shirt? And you know, yeah. I, what I don't get is the you know we we get, we get the woman who's you know Folder's daughter, and we end up right. finding out that she's jacking in from a right. different plane, right? right, right. A higher reality, yeah, a higher reality. But the, the how, does she later on in the movie does she tell the officer what's going on, or does he already know? Right, because I right. thought he knew, like he was part of, like whatever she was, she was part of. That's what I I guessed later too. Because he says, "Just leave us alone." He tells the lady at the end, he's like, "Just just get the fuck out of here and leave us alone. Like, don't delete us." Right. So he he knows, but I don't think he's. Like, How could she have in. told him like over the phone as well, she's in her nighty well, remember she and have him f- accept it all uh, just within the space of what about an hour? No, no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's hey, push a, your eyeball he's like twice, a detective, or, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a detective, so yeah. his job has been to like maybe he went to the outskirts. find things out and follow people yeah. and. Didn't he say that? He's a, didn't he say being curious is my is my job or, or oh, you know, being he, he could have followed Hall. interested. Yeah, he could, he could have followed, followed Hall, Hall and saw what he saw. Well, he did kind of do that when he was trying to track down um, Jane, whose name was Natasha Molinaro, and he and he was kind of like, ah, something's 
something's off. Turn that up. Turn that up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was sort of a head scratcher too because when he shows up at the end, shoots homeboy, um, allowing that character's consciousness to, to transfer into the real world or the real world, quote unquote, air quotes. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was all of a sudden accepting of his uh, his existence, his reality, or simulation. Of- yeah, I'm, I'm gonna play. <clears throat> I'm gonna play a clip. Okay, cool. So I only got one clip. And okay. it's the best clip. It's when uh, D'Onofrio's character, Ashton, the bartender, is confronting Ferguson oh, or Hall yeah, yeah, in yeah. the uh, 1937. Here it is. You're looking for anything special? What are you? Huh? My is Ferguson. I'm a bank teller. I'm Clark Gable. I talked to the Ferguson guy. I followed him back to his bank. He doesn't know a thing. I need to talk to Fuller. He's upstairs. Cut the crap! You think I don't know what's going on? I need to see him. I need to talk to him again. You read the letter. I need to know what's in that letter. Everything. You know, when I first read it, I thought it was a gag. You know, the world's a sham. Fat chance. But I'm not stupid, Mr. Hall. I watched you and Ferguson do the old switcheroo and all that stuff about going to the ends of the earth. What stuff about the ends of the earth? I did exactly what the letter said. I chose a place that I'd never go to. I tried to drive to Tucson. I figured, what the hell? Never been to the countryside. (laughs) And I took that car out on the highway. I was going over 50 through that desert. After a while, I was the only car on the road. It was just me and the heat and the dust. And I did exactly what that letter said. Don't follow any road signs and don't stop for anything. Not even barricades. But just when I should have been getting closer to the city, something wasn't right. There was no movement, no life. Everything was still and quiet. And then I got out of the car, and what I saw scared me to the depths of my miserable soul. It was true, it was all a sham. It ain't real. Why would Fuller write to me about the limitations of the simulation? I know the limitations. I'm asking the questions now. I want to know why. Why would you put us through this? Why are you fucking with our minds? You weren't supposed to find out. Well, I did. And now I want you to show me what is real. <laughs> is this real? <laughs> is that real blood? How do you like having your life fucked with? Dude was all like fucking full metal jacket on his ass. Mm. And only the way D'Onofrio can, can do, yeah. <laughs> is it just me or does the, 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 the actor, the hall guy, kind of sound like Batman in that? Oh, yeah. What? What else has Craig Bierko been in? Like, I feel like a, uh, there's something that I'm missing. That oh, he was Max Baer in um, Cinderella Man. Was he? Uh, yeah, the boxer. 
No. Oh, oh the other boxer. <clears throat> yeah, against uh, okay. Russell Crowe's character. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio has a really unique way of delivering lines that I like, where he does this weird little, like, it's like a small pause. Yeah. Like when he's asking, uh, he does it a lot when he's doing, it gives it some kind of like, oh, uh, like, I don't know, gravitas is the word? Weight. Um, he does it when he's playing Kingpin too, but like in the scene where um, Douglas Hall comes in and he he's asking him stuff at the bar, he is refers to Bridget, one of the dancers, and he's like, do you see anything you like or something like that? And he kind of does this weird little small breath. Yeah, in, almost like in he's trying sentence. to find the word that he wants yeah, to yeah. use in a way, right? And so it gives him a little pause, but... Make it sound more natural? Whatever yeah, it does to his may, performance, but, it's great. And it also, like, yeah, it gives it an interesting cadence, right? It's yeah. not like everybody else talks. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah super and cool. you, you can see that in a lot of his roles, and I think it's super effective. Uh, anyway, I, I like that about him. I, I like when Whitney, the, the <clears throat> real-life D'Onofrio character, yeah. uh, decides to jack in, and he jacks into Ashton, he's, like, driving yeah. the car and almost yeah, wrecks yeah. it. And yeah, yeah. You know, the cop pulls him over. He's like, got the gun, and then fucking Ferguson's actually in the trunk. Yeah, and then, gets, and then he gets hit by the car, and that's when we figure out when they die, they yeah they level up, you know, type of thing. Which that kind of blew my the mind. The consciousness a bit. takes over the from the, the the whoever got downloaded in dies, and that new one jumps up. I don't yeah. know how that works, but for the sake of the film, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess because the, the consciousness wow. is floating around, and then it just. If one yeah. dies, it just oh, I guess that makes sense too. Takes over, goes whoop. Right it's like back you're, you're like you are in the cloud, yeah, and you're not connected to your corporeal form. And then you're, if your and form then, dies, you just get uh, downloaded the other one. Yeah. Repopulate. Um, there is another interesting thing about this movie I really liked. There was a small, really small cameo from a woman named Hatta Brooks. Um, she was the piano player, lounge singer, the mm-hmm. black oh, yeah, woman, the black woman that you yeah, see yeah, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Small role, but she was in a lot of movies in the 19, or I shouldn't say a lot of, at least three different, like, kind of noir um, pictures with, like, Humphrey Bogart and um, oh, wow. and two other people. I think only in the capacity that she was in this movie as singer. <clears throat> she also had a show called The Hatta Brooks Show in the 1950s, and that was the first show hosted by an African-American woman. Oh, wow. Right on. Um, and uh, unfortunately, she did pass away in 2002, uh, not too long after this movie's release. But uh, she was singing the song Easy Come, Easy Go that you hear at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was super interesting. And she's it's a good song for the movie. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Also, I do believe um, that the, the reality they jump into at the end of the movie is also a simulation. Yeah, and there's two. For sure. One reason for that is <clears throat> he picks up the newspaper and it says Monday, June twenty first, twenty twenty four. It's only three years away from now. Right. Almost to the day. What, what's today's date? The 19th? June eighteenth. Eighteenth. Because June twenty first, twenty twenty four is actually a Friday, or it will be a Friday, oh. and not a Monday. But in that world, it could be a Monday because who knows where that timeline started. Right on. And then it... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> yeah. we, do, uh, we do We do have a little critic. Do you want me to play the critic? Because he talks a little bit about Is it that. time for that? Anybody have anything else uh, pertaining to mm-hmm. any of this? <laughs> I mean, like, we, we're walking through the movie. Because really, it, for me to sit there and walk through the entire movie and play a bunch of clips... Just go see it because there's really not yeah, that many clips so to play. Not that it's not long of a it's film a, It's either. an easy movie to watch. Yeah. Right? Hour and 40 minutes, you said? Yeah, hour and 40 minutes. I also yeah. really like doing this as opposed to our usual format. Yeah, because so we change it up on occasion. 
Yeah. And uh, this is also the kind of movie that if we, not not in the same way that uh, Holy Mountain was, but this is full of concepts and stuff and ideas and like, and yeah, we could walk through the narrative, but we wouldn't really do it any justice because it's a mystery thriller and, and it's full of a lot of like layers. And so I think that works better when discussing yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't notice. I, I should go back and watch it and see if there's any uh, anything weird about the grocery store he's in, where what's her name works. I tried looking around for yeah, like, I was clues, like, thinking yeah. maybe like something was off, but I didn't really. Yeah, I, I didn't pick up much. Yeah, because he was there just to see, just like, to see if she was real or she, yeah, yeah, who like, she was, and then when Fuller doesn't out, have a daughter, like that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, he finds out she's like a yeah, the grocery store. Yeah, clerk. she's yeah. got like a thick like country accent and. Did but she? Yeah, she had or like. Did you just imagine that? No, she, I don't remember no she, country accent. She had an accent when she was working. She's like, oh, hey. Oh. Yeah. Because then know. she jacks in when she's watching him through the window, through yeah. the glass. Yeah. And then she, doesn't she make a phone call after that or something like that? Like, no, I think she's just watching the cop. I uh, I think, yeah. Well, she leaves, right? And she calls That's Homeboy. Right. Oh, yeah. She says, right. yeah, I got to talk to you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we haven't had a critic response in a while, but Mr. Boy Pronto decided to leave us a critique mm. of the movie. Here it is. Okay. What a, what a, what a movie. If you die while you're in the other person, then you leap up to the next level. If the other person dies when they're inside of you, if you, if you, <laughs> okay, we saw what happened. They don't explain it very well. You go up a level. Well, that's weird. And then she had her murderous husband killed by the cop on purpose so that the husband replacement would come up a level with her knowing that that personality type is the exact thing that turned into the fucked up murder type of guy. Okay. And then the whole movie ends like a TV being turned off, which I assume infers that that's just another level and there's a simulation above them, above them and it never ends. And that's pretty cool. And I don't understand that the guy that invented the whole thing was the murdery type guy on that level, but on the middle level, the guy that invented the machine was the old man. So the guy on the top level, instead of making him the creator of the machine, I guess that makes sense. The nerd on the top level makes himself the business owner on the middle level, or it's all AI. And they make their own choices. Wow. Okay. Anyways, that lady's fucked up because she shouldn't be having her husband killed just to replace him with another version of her husband. You confused? <laughs> Five ducks. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Good old Pronto breaking it down for us. I love that guy. Uh, I like that. That lady was, is fucked up. <laughs> she shouldn't murder. Have somebody murdered. 
I was looking up a few things <clears throat> about uh, Craig Bierko. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize he was in one of my favorite shows, The League. He was in one episode of The League in the episode Brolo El Cunado. Yeah, he's in a bunch of just random like TV yeah. shows and one-off things. Like he's in For Your Consideration. Like he plays mm-hmm. like a talk show host for like a hot, hot second. He's in The Mentalist for one episode. Um, he he's done in, some uh, stage work. I know he's been in a couple yeah. of musicals and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, he was in that really shitty uh, spoof movie, superhero movie, where he played a version of Wolverine. I could see that. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Scary movie four. Good lord. <laughs> what a what a weird. I didn't even know they made it. Hey, you look like a parody version of yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Like thanks. <laughs> uh, okay, he was also in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He was Lacerda. Oh right on. And the Long Kiss Goodnight. And those are the the ones I uh, that I was thinking of. Also, isn't there a discard like? Uh, Reference or in the very beginning, the very I think. Beginning. Yeah, the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. So is that it, the, again? That's like the brain in the back kind of thing. It's like yeah. what? Yeah, you know, I think therefore I, I exist. I, I value because yeah. I think. Yeah, that's sort of what I think. The struggle with those peoples in that simulation we're having is like, why are you fucking want our so, lives? So did did do you think like Rick and Morty kind of stole? The thing Boom. for that when they do like the the engine, he's like, "I built the engine," and they're like, "No, wait, I built the thing to run our town." And the other guy's like, "No, I built the thing to run our town." Yeah, I kind of feel like it's all kinda. like it's all stealing from the same idea. Yeah. And there's only so many different ways that you can <laughs> like it's everything is connected. Like it's a fractal kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So no matter where you look at it, it's still going to be talking. It's still going to look like the thing right yeah. so it's like a simulation <clears throat> and understanding that stacking of worlds and being inside mm-hmm. and it's like inception in the dream yeah. world world time dilates world. right and like when you think about physics and they talk about like the Planck scale which is like way down there the oh, super yeah. smallest right a unit of quote-unquote space-time which we're pretty sure time doesn't really exist pretty sure space doesn't exist either because it's a construct that it somehow (laughs) emerges out of something and they call it like in science they always call it the other and that's like the interesting thing about the simulation right so it's like the world that i'm inside of if it's true that this is being simulated Mm -hmm. then the machine that's simulating it has to be completely outside of this right and i can never have any actual idea of what that thing what that is i can never have any direct reference to it what happened i don't know nothing we were just looking at time no Um, no there was a sound i think it was fish going oh yeah it was probably me i was exhaling (laughs) i I thought it was his mic no i'm exhaling (laughs) i'm exhaling because it's all so So it's like that's what science in in physics they go it's it's the other like when you talk to any any scientist and you go okay like what's at the bottom of this how is it happening and basically they go i don't know i don't know (laughs) somehow it happened and we're here it's like it like a tv turned on Uh or something and it's just and you're experiencing it it's I was watching, um, to touch on that, this uh, a clip from like Neil deGrasse Tyson's hosting of the Cosmos. Uh, last, good, last good thing he did, I think. I I don't know. I, I've I've like heard him talk a lot, like in in like um, interviews and stuff. But I, I know I haven't really watched the entire like work mm-hmm. of his. 
Um, but he's always fascinating to me, at least yeah. with certain uh, things. And the one thing what he was talking about was like, okay, you, you let's talk about your address. This is where you live. You're in this room, in this house, at this street address, in this city, in this state, in this country, on this planet, in this system, in this part of the galaxy, in this local cluster, in this uh, uh, <laughs> a fucking observable universe. And it's all like encapsulated. And then that observable universe could be a part of a greater multiverse and so size is relative to uh it's just so mind-numbing and then it got me thinking about the fucking galaxy on orion's uh, belt in yeah, and black. Black. Just like, yeah. Black. yeah 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 and then and then when it, yeah when it zooms out it's like aliens playing like marbles, marbles. with us yeah. Like, yeah fuck <laughs> no it's all so fucking scary yeah, it's it's pretty trippy. Pretty well. <clears throat> Movie time. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, yeah. I want to rate this. Uh, this oh is, yeah. This is a, a four and a half ducks. Uh, I'm gonna give. Me. I'm gonna give a solid four just okay. because of D'Onofrio. Absolutely worth yeah. it. Without uh, D'Onofrio, I, would I wouldn't a like the solid film. solid four. I thought it was like I said, it's a great foray mm-hmm. into the material and has a great look to it. I thought it was shot really well. Oh yeah. Has a you know, the colors are all great. I, I definitely there was there was not a boring part in the movie. Yeah, no, there was not there was, well, there was. Like, I don't know. What, <laughs> there was. No, well, I mean, I've never seen it, so I was pretty glued to it. Yeah. Okay. Um it's available for rent. Uh I think Fish and I both bought it because I did, yeah. it was eight like, bucks. Yeah, it was four dollars to rent it or eight dollars to own it. And I'm like, I'll just pay eight bucks and just have it forever. <laughs> yeah. So versus we're gonna, 48 hours, four bucks for 48 hours, eight right. bucks for forever. Forever, yeah. Forever. As, long as, as long as the internet exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have Mr. J. Cool. Choose out of the, the bucket. So, by the way, the six string samurai that we chose a while ago, it's still on back order. So when that comes in, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll find a way to fit it in there. What is the movie? Six string samurai. But we had to fish ordered it. What do we got? Uh, do you want me to read? It looks it? like Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire. Excellent. That was submitted by D Rock, one of our Patreons. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, there's the, a name the, there, but the, I can't read it. I yeah, can make it fine. out. You know what it is? Derek Marin. Yeah, Derek Marin. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's a, isn't that with um, Willem Dafoe? Dafoe? Yeah. yeah. That'll be a fun one. Uh, I can't recall whom else was in it off the top of my head. And I don't think I've ever actually seen it. It's been on my watch list for a while. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it. Uh, it looks like a. It's sort of like a street, street, the street gang musical. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of musical numbers in it, and and I don't know if it is it qualifies as a musical, but there's music in it. Okay, and I haven't seen it. Check out the trailer; it's wild. Street of Fire, right? Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire. Plural. Yep. Uh, it's on Netflix. Is it really? It's a musical. If it's the right one, 1984, right? It's not a musical in the classic sense, but there is. Yeah, no, it's on Netflix, folks. Musical to it. Do they break into song? <clears throat> There's like, like rock and roll, like disco clubs and shit in it that like oh. some of the characters go to. Okay, I think it's about as musical as like Ooh, the Lost man, Boys. This thing bombed hardcore. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's going to be like the Lost Boys. Oh, right on. That's going to be more, or, more of those numbers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the Lost Boys. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of grasping for. What's a, that meme? It's like it's like in the pitch. You know what this movie needs? A muscular saxophone. A muscular saxophone player. <laughs> yes. This looks like a riot. Yeah, yeah it says it's it available on Netflix. Red. So that's great. Uh, well, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Where is? That's what I need right there. Yep. 
Uh, we want to thank all of our listeners, Mr. D Rock, Derek Marin for the submission, Streets of Fire. That'll be the next one. That's going to be fun. Krisky, uh, Shay Money, Gina Bobina, Voy Pronto. Again, thank you for your uh, contributions. Cinnamantha, Patty Edwards, Rios, Samwise, Stripes, Brittany, Tim Bo, and our producer extraordinaire, Mr. AJ Simmons. Not forgetting anybody? I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Thank you, everyone, for joining in. Thank you, Jay, for being with us. One Thanks for having me. Love being here. And thank you, John, you for awesome. being such a fucking dude and a half, bro. I'm always a dude and a quarter sometimes. <laughs> sometimes a half. Maybe sometimes. even two-thirds, baby. Sometimes. Well, I got to go get ready for work, and now my day gets worse from here. <laughs> and I have to work in five hours. So Fantastic. Well, I hope you enjoyed this little episode yeah, it's about, uh, about this movie. Go see it. Go watch it. Yeah. And uh, Streets of Fire will be coming out actually pretty soon because we need to get back on track. Back on track, yes. So we'll see you guys. Peace, love, rock, and roll. Bye.